Welcome to the CFB Dynasty Podcast with hosts Matt Knowles, Brian McElfresh, and Doug Gravely. Hey everybody, how you doing out there today? It's the CFBDynasty.com podcast for week eight. Your seasons are winding down. For many leagues, we are hit the trade deadline. You're making your push towards the final, to the end of the season. But before we even get to our fantasy football, we got a quick question. And that is, when is a lead too big? When is a lead not enough? Why are we asking this question? Because we had one of the most insane comebacks, most unpredictable comebacks in college football last week. Colorado up 29-0, made Stanford look absolutely foolish, and then they couldn't do anything right, and they lose to Stanford. They made Stanford look like a juggernaut. BMAC, Doug, what do you think about the finish of that game? What do you think about them being odd? Colorado looking like fools in the second half. When is a lead not big enough? BMAC, I know you got opinions. Yeah, before we get to that specific answer, it, it brings me to two things. NFL fantasy owners <laughs> never have to deal with these Tuesday night games and whatnot. And when you have a big deficit on a Tuesday and you've got to sit on it all week and think you're probably going to lose like with uh, our matchup last week or two weeks ago when Corley had 49 on a Tuesday or a Wednesday or a Thursday and I'm just going into the week thinking, or weekend thinking, oh man, it's highly improbable that I'm going to come back. And then if uh, you're watching on YouTube, you see this orange helmet back here. It brings me back to the choke at Doke. A little nine-year-old BMAC in 1994 was so confident that Florida had won. I remember, so we were up uh, 31-3 to going into the fourth quarter. I started a, a game in my backyard. We were playing some like backyard tag football or whatever. And then I just like my dad would come out and give me updates and updates and updates. And then I started getting angry and went back in to watch the game. And it ended in a tie 31 31 FSU scores 28 at home uh, to tie it up against the Gators. And that filled me with so much anger. And, and so when you say, when is a lead not too much? Oh, my brain goes right there. It sucks. What about you, Doug? I see you all smiling over there like a Cheshire cat. What do you think, man? What is well, that? <laughs> I, I'm not sure what that means, but hey. Uh, um, uh, it goes back to, to how I feel all the time. And I find myself, whether I'm a fan of these teams or not, like, yelling at them as if I'm a coach and they can hear me. But, you know, as far as the Stanford game and Colorado game, I mean, I'm happy, you know, I'm a hater, so that's fine. But um, in general, like when you see these teams with a lead and then they just fall back to the, this prevent defense and lay off these receivers and stuff for like 20 yards. And I'm like, why the defense you've been playing all game works but then you switch it up. Why don't you just keep playing man or keep doing what you've been doing because it was working. I don't understand why to, why you change it. Like, and you know, buddies that have watched games with me laugh at me. Cause I'm like, this doesn't make sense. You've held these guys to 60 yards, you know, passing all game. And now you're laying off. Like, I don't understand. I don't, I don't get it. And then, you know, these quarterbacks look like Heisman trophy winners. Like, 
it's insane to me. Um, and being a Jags fan and the pros, I've seen this too many stinking times. Um, but at the end of the day, um, <laughs> I think teams are proving more and more that uh, you just probably should not stop scoring. Just uh, so scoring. I kind of use that theology a little bit with my brisket lock last week. Like Kent State is the uh, defense that solves your offensive woes. Well, Colorado seemingly is a, is also in the same boat there, but they've they've had so much turnover. And uh, still, what they're doing and being relevant, putting up the points that they are, absolutely incredible what Colorado and Shador and Dion and all of them are doing. Um, Painful yeah. for me that they're on a bye this week. I am not happy about that. <laughs> no, it does suck. But that's the thing. Like, they're in shootout mode. And you, you're going to yeah. get that with Caleb Williams if their offensive line can do anything. But, yeah, Notre Dame well, – uh, was able to not blitz and still just pressure the heck out of Caleb Williams. I'm concerned with the USC schedule and what you're going to get out of Caleb Williams and those receivers and running backs that you've relied on through the weak part of their schedule. I'm concerned going forward from a, a fantasy point of view because they get Utah, and Utah doesn't have much of an offense, but uh, they sure as heck have a good defense. And if that O-line is going to be that bad, fantasy players from USC are going to struggle. Um, that sucks. Man, it's crazy to think about how last year at this time, you just mentioned two teams that we would have talked about every week, Utah and Kent State. Who are you going to start on the Utah offense? Who are you going to start on the Kent State offense? Because they had guys across the board that were going to start it this year. It's like, what two teams are you going to run away from as quickly as possible? Utah and Kent State, they've got nothing really of value on a week-to-week -week basis when it comes to fantasy football. And that's, it's just interesting to see how teams like that, like we knew, we knew Kent State coming into the season was going to have a rough time because of all the transfers out. I don't think anybody expected Utah to be in the position that they're in right now. Um, I feel like if we would have gotten a more accurate and more honest uh, update on Cam Rising, then maybe <laughs> we would have. But I feel like, uh, I mean, we talked about in all the weeks leading up to the season that Cam Rising was a game-time decision playing in that first game against Florida where it sounds like he never was even going to have a chance to play in that game, and that's ridiculous. That is rid ridiculous that they played all of us like that. Not a fan of that whatsoever. So you think about Utah, though, and they're still ranked 14. Yeah. With all this non – I mean, they're – and that's like you said, BMAC, their defense is solid. Um, but you talked about U USC, and I'm going to – Jump to a question real quick after reading off this remaining schedule. They got Utah, then at Cal, then they play Washington, then at Oregon, then they play UCLA to end the season. Like, they're what, four, they're four and two? Like, are they going to make a bowl game, bro? Probably. Like, yeah, but I, I, they, do they sneak out one of these wins? Do they beat Washington? Probably not. Do they beat Oregon? Probably not. Uh, maybe probably Cal, but are they going to be UCLA? I think Cal's think I think they probably could go three and two in that stretch. Probably. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be the bearer of bad news and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to roll with the fact that they barely make a bowl game because they sneak one of these wins out. They probably go two and three and make a bowl game. I but, think, I think, that, I, I think they're going to make one. I think they're going to make one, but yeah, that's, it's tough. It's tough. Do you still, we consider Caleb Williams a number one overall pick after finally playing yes. a good defense and looking human. 
Yes, because it was the O line. Like he had no time. If if you saw him running around, like there was no chance. It could have been Joe Montana back there, and uh, it wouldn't have been a good game. So I think uh, O line's gonna have to step up, plain and simple. And if they don't, it's gonna be a rough season. If they do, if they just give him two seconds, like uh, yeah, I think he's clearly the number one pick obviously drake may you love him up there shader's worked his way into the first round conversation and rightfully so so um but yeah caleb williams easy number one to me yeah the only way only way i don't see only way i don't see caleb going one is if this nonsense about being a part owner in the team or (laughs) something like that i mean I, i that's a whole topic in and of itself i think that a college player asking for part ownership in a team before he even gets there to me is like, I mean, you're not LeBron James. If you're LeBron James coming out of high school and you know, you're a generational talent and it's basketball where one guy can change the entire outlook of a squad. I could see how that could be something that said, but when you're a college quarterback, think about how many guys are sure things in college and they go to the pros that are absolute garbage. Could you imagine giving like Mitch Trubisky, um, part ownership of your team when you draft him and then be like, what the heck did we do? Caleb Williams is not Mitch Trubisky. And I'm not making that cut that uh, comparison, but I'm like, you're a college quarterback. You have not done anything. Don't be asking for a part ownership in a billion dollar enterprise. That's crazy. <laughs> These kids, man, I can't, I, I could talk about Caleb Williams all day. Cause I'm not a fan, but we'll move on. Oh, why are you not a fan, Doug? I think the listeners want to hear. Throw some more shade at Caleb Williams. Tell us. I think he's a great player in football, but I just can't stand the arrogance, I guess, to be honest with you. Um, you know, it's just – he just drives me crazy. He's just not not a kid that I think is uh, one that you want these kids nowadays to look up to, and it just drives me nuts. Like, you're on a huge stage, and now you're asking – you're. 20 years old and you want to be a part owner for an NFL team and you're talking about I can make my own decision I don't even know if I'm going to go to the draft because if I don't want to play for you I'm not playing for you like that's one of those NIL deals that would benefit college football but um he can make more money he said as a senior in college and he can on a rookie contract so why he might be able to yeah same thing with uh, Shador. Shador, they said, well, he's valued at like four point nine million. So yeah. why wouldn't he stay and make his four point nine million again? I think I think that that is something that in the future could make guys leaving early to go to the draft. You know, if you're a guy that's like, oh, I'm going to go make my money, maybe I get drafted in the sixth or seventh round, but you've still had a chance to, you know, make lower level NIL money. Maybe you stay in college for that extra year because you might not even make an NFL franchise. Think about how many guys come out every year, especially on our fantasy football rosters that you're like, dude, why, why I needed you as a senior. And now you're not even going to be playing football at all. <clears throat> Dwayne McBride. So I, I th- Yeah, I think that that might, uh, my entire wide receiver room two years ago, I had five guys that went to the NFL and one of them is even on NFL roster right now. Um, Yeah. And they were all studs for me in college. So yeah, maybe, maybe that might change the landscape just a little bit, but, but I digress We're we're getting into a lot of other topics, but I know that you guys that are listening probably want Doug and BMAC to get down to the news and notes for next week so you can set your lineups. What do you think, Brian? What do you think, Doug? You want to get down to those news and notes? Let's hit it, bro. News and notes around college football. 
All right, so we got quite a few. Uh, Brian and I are going to kind of switch back and forth, make it a little bit of little little fun and interesting here, so you don't have to listen to my voice the entire time, um, even though it's a great voice. But we'll get into it. So we got Matthew Golden, the receiver from Houston that we all thought was going to be the guy at Houston, um, has been kind of injury prone this year. Hopefully, the second half of the season he doesn't make us liars. Um, he is probable to play this week. Thank the Lord. Um, Thomas Yasmin, tight end from Utah, to undergo season-ending sur- ending surgery. Holy tight end injuries, um, and we've got plenty more to come, yep. gentlemen. Um, and ladies, if you're listening, um, and we got Kendall Milton, running back from Georgia. He is practicing this week. He's a game-time decision. Zachary Franklin, the transfer. Wide receiver from Ole Miss. He's been more active in practice this week, and he's a game-time decision. And then you got Nate Noel, like the number one trend on Twitter <laughs> this past week, it felt like, um, during game time, uh, running back from App State. Uh, he has been practicing, but they will know more today. Apparently, he's getting checked up today by, by team doctors to see how he's doing. You know, all those people whining about how they bet the player prop and wanted a refund. they wanted a refund I bet they wouldn't ask for a refund if they bet the under. Anyways, Bryson Daly, quarterback, <laughs> Army, questionable this week. Uh, Zach Larrier, quarterback, Air Force, undefeated for Air a Force. while. Um, Jensen to take over there, and then you've got Benjamin Urasek, week to week. Aren't we all though? We're all week to week. We're all kind of day to day, anyways. Um, Eric, all tight end, Iowa. Horn ACL second Iowa tight end out for the season and uh, they're a factory so if you're new to the college fantasy football world or you don't know which NFL tight ends are from Iowa they are legit factory and so we've got the next man up here in our streamer section there and then Javante Barnes we all loved him going in the season amazing talent that he showcased as a freshman foot injury that he's had since week three has kind of kept him in and out of the lineup hopeful to contribute this week uh that means keep him out of your lineup until you get some actual proof mm-hmm. onto you doug all right so we got three players in this one we got travion henderson running back Mayan williams running back Emeka egbuka receiver for ohio state all hopeful to be back but in typical uh ohio state fish fashion there are no specifics offered, so we have no clue. Um, so big game, the, though. Yeah, if you have, you gotta the, assume they're gonna be back. Uh, nope. Huge game. Penn State, Ohio State, gonna be a fun one in, in the Big Ten. Yeah, there are three games that matter uh, remaining, and that's all those teams playing against each other there. Yeah. Penn State, so, Michigan, Ohio State. Like BMAC said, you would imagine that he's kind of being a little hush hush because they're probably gonna play. Um, but we'll see. The Corian Clark, wide receiver, UTSA, not li- listed on the depth chart to start the week. So, uh, yeah, he's been dealing with injuries this this season, which which stinks. A lot of people were like, he's going to be the guy with Zachary Franklin leaving. Um, yeah, he's another one that was like questionable week one. Maybe he'll play. Maybe he won't. So I bought in and I drafted him in the third round, I think, of the, the open league to be my wide receiver one. 
And oh boy, has that hurt me. <laughs> oh yeah. You look at you look at the standings in the open league and you can tell that you can see that stuff like that really burnt you. And then uh, we got a kid that I'm excited about. Um, and we'll get into him a little bit more later, but Avery Johnson, quarterback from Kansas State, listed now as the co-starter with Will Howard at Kansas State. So be on the lookout for him. Um, huge news because, like I said, he's an exciting, uh, an exciting freshman. How does so, that work out, co-starter at quarterback? Are they, like, both in there in shotgun? I have a feeling that co-starter probably means, hey, at game time, Avery, you're probably going to start. That's, that's what I think, too. <laughs> um, and then you got Jalen McMillan, wide receiver for Washington. Man, he's been fighting this knee injury for a while, and he's getting um, another doctor to look at him again today. Um, I guess he tweaked it in the game last week a little bit. Tweaked Late. it early, too. Tweaked yeah. it early. And – uh, he's questionable this week. And then you got Reggie Love, running back, Illinois, still not cleared. So another team that's been dismantled at a certain position by injuries. But uh, we'll get into BMAX brisket from last week, and he did he did pretty good. So Yeah, Fegan. Um, all right, so Riley Leonard, quarterback Duke, day-to-day. Let me tell you, though, let me tell you, if you're Riley Leonard, you want to get your butt back on that field because if you watched the game last week, my boys are on life support. Uh, NC State looked absolutely just like a corpse on the field. But Bellin, who is the uh, the backup quarterback that came in, the dude was really solid. If you need a streamer and Riley Leonard does not play, do not hesitate to go pick up Bellin, who's going to be the starting quarterback there because he he looked really, really good and, and really like he was ready to get on the field last week for Duke. They got a big game this week against that yeah. At Tallahassee, that's going to be a big one. Five and one Duke at six and zero Florida State. Uh, that'll be a good one. Um, Harrison Whaley, uh, running back Wyoming, he is questionable this week. Um, Rocket not going to play this week, so they kind of split there between uh, Green and DeBunyan. Um, DeBunyan getting the receiving touchdown last week for Arkansas, and the bulk of the carries when Rocket's been out. DeBunyan. DeBunyan, my goodness. So so you had the coldest that had an NIL deal with air conditioning. Man, can you imagine DeBunyan getting like an NIL deal with like a foot cream company or something like that? My goodness, what a name. Isaiah Jacobs running back UAB <laughs> out for the season. Johnny Wilson probable this week against Duke. And then my man, that caused me to have to make a trade. Um Brock Bowers for Georgia, likely to have ankle surgery or ha- or did have ankle surgery, yep. I think maybe already. And he is out for the rest of the fantasy season, basically. So that is brutal. Another crush to my open league team where he was my first round pick. So my first and my third round pick, uh, not going to be playing for me. That, yep. that really is a, a killer. So we mentioned it a little bit, guys, like, and we kind of vented to each other about this before the show, like, tight ends are crushing people this year. Like, these injuries are killing people's fantasy teams. Um, but, you know, there's going to be some streamers we talk about to hopefully help you guys out through this process. So Yeah. Well, you go, and yeah, you look at, uh, yeah. Before you look at the top, the, yeah. Rankings real quick. I did want to say in that trade, Eric Gilbert has been traded away. I have separated from him. I'm sure will just cut him, but uh, like I should have done years ago. But uh, 
Oh, it feels good. It feels good. Well, you go you, you go back to the beginning of the season and you look at who we had at the top of the list for tight ends. Is there anybody that's at the top of the list that we haven't talked about injury-wise? I mean, you got a Rondé Gadsden Jr. that was out at the beginning of the season. He was like the number two or number three tight end. Brock Bowers on the list. I mean, it's it, you know it's just a complete mash unit up there. So of course, if you got the top four or five guys that were on our list that are all on the injury list, yeah, it's it's going to be tough because we even talked about the the number of. If you got a chance to get somebody like a Brock Bowers, the difference between that top echelon and the next group was huge. So if you basically remove that entire echelon, you're just talking about scraps at that point. Yep. Yep. It's uh, it's rough. It's it's not a year to have spent a high draft pick on one. It's totally a streaming position, I feel like. And uh, it's been brutal for sure for all of us in the college fantasy world. Um. All right. Do you want to go rankings real quick before we get to streamers and things, or are there other things to cover first, Matt? No, I think we're good, man. I think uh, I think let's go wherever you want to go, man. <laughs> All right. Um, let me pull up the screen, and Matt jumped out for a second, but he's coming back in. So, as you see there with the the nice little wave there, subscribe if you can. Little thumbs up on the video is is always uh, help helpful to us, and we appreciate it a thousand. So, um, man, Jaden Daniels just continues the hot streak. He's quarterback one in fantasy. Um, the one thing that I regret in prep for the show, I wish we would have done our midseason awards. Maybe we'll do it a week or so late. Um, but Jaden Daniels, he would be our Heisman. I think he's he's killing it, and. Uh, should be in the Heisman discussion. LSU is in the thick of things. They get Army this week, then a bye week before they play Bama. So it's they're in a really great spot as a team for the rest of the year. Um, Penix against Arizona State, really, it doesn't get much better than that. Arizona State is terrible on defense. And then you get Bo Nix in a, in a revenge match. Um, maybe they'll kick some field goals. Maybe they'll keep going for it, but... Um, <laughs> Bo Nix and company, I'm sure, will be at home and happy to be home in a event in a like cleansing match this week. And then Dylan Gabriel against his old team. So many storylines in the top of the rankings at quarterback playing against UCF at home. Um, I'm sure he'll want to show out. And he's averaging 40 a game already in fantasy. So um, big one there. Um, and then Drake may obviously is fifth, anything stand out to you. We had Salter play, we had Austin Reed play, and I'm in a matchup against Josh Reed, uh, Austin's uncle that, um, we had a, a quarterback <laughs> matchup there and, uh, Salter got the win for me on, on the quarterback position at least. So that makes me excited. Anything else stand out to you guys there? Um, man, I'm excited to see what Oregon does um, after that because you and I talked after the game was over on the phone a little bit and I'm like man at what point do you just kick a stinking field goal or punt the ball or you know um, I don't think Oregon necessarily lost that game as a team I think uh, some coaches decisions lost that game for them but um, I expect them to still be kind of in the conversation at the end of the year and I think this is a game that they're gonna show okay that was a fluke, and we're going to put up some points this week. So, 
the hardest one for me to rank, honestly, was Caleb Williams against Utah. You know, you, uh, USC is projected to win. They're projected to score 31. So you fig- you know Caleb Williams is going to be a big factor there, especially Utah, the number two run defense in the country, but also the number 46 pass defense mm-hmm. in the country. Can USC solve their offensive line woes that, that they uh, had against Notre Dame on the road? At least they'll be at home. Um, that's always uh, a partial cleanser there for them. And I'm sure they're going to get hammered in practice or maybe do a little bit more max protect using Marshawn Lloyd and, and tight ends and stuff to help out and buy some time for Caleb Williams. So would you start him if you had him? Would you start him over over Ewers if you had him? Ewers against Houston on the road. Would you start him over Jackson Dart? What would you guys do there? I would not. It's risky. Not, not against oh, Utah. There's, there's nothing in my brain that says that they're going to score 31 points this week. So The boys in Vegas do, and they have more money than you. Well, they can give me some if I'm right. <laughs> Maybe I'll have well, to bet on it and show that I'm smarter. Than there you go. Just Vegas. put your house on Utah then. I don't um, have a house. <laughs> I'll put my bed on <laughs> I rent, guys. I mean, listen, I'm poor. Brian is my boss. Doug, Doug is is uh, Doug is instilling confidence in all those listeners out there right now. Listen, guys, I live in a van down by the river. Listen to me. Listen to me. <laughs> At least you pay for Wi-Fi, so that's uh, Brady, Brady Cook is in a really good spot. Man, that Missouri offense, Cook to Burden, which I think was our stack of the week, maybe two weeks ago, and it hit like. That's such a great stack. One of the best or yeah, one of the best in the country for sure. Like Jaden Daniels to neighbors um, would probably be number one. But yeah, um, hundred South Carolina now 133rd against the pass. Um, they just got Graham Mertz last week. Oof. And uh, what a game. What a game! Uh, the the ups and downs. Hey, so you know what? We'll, you know what, be back. We should give you the opportunity to put a little bit of praise on the name of Graham Mertz. Um, we talked so about too. the the Colorado dis talked about the Colorado dismantling. I know you've had a lot of struggles this year with your Florida Gators, but they had a comeback of their own this past week. I remember seeing all you Gator fans just ripping on your team to start the game. And uh, by the end of the game, it was, uh, you know, you guys are pretty happy. Yeah, not me. Like uh, there's most of the fans that are on social media are just dumb and uh, that's fine. Every fan has them, but (laughs) You have the ups and downs, and and part of, one of the downs was like we had you know cousins over, and the kids were j- jumping on my daughter's bed, and they totally broke it. I handled that totally fine, like you know any normal life problem, it's just whatever. But Florida during the game with the ups and downs that we had, or maybe a PI that should have been called that wasn't, um, you know, it might find me you know getting crazy slapping a wall or something like that but at least i didn't punch a wall or kick something and break my foot so mm. we had uh it was a really, <laughs> subtle jabs, subtle jabs. <laughs> it was a really really wild game and i've seen some wild ones over the years that was the game doug and i were supposed to be at for the match mm-hmm. but it, it just didn't work out so whatever that being said um it was uh it was a fun fun 
game. Crazy way to win. But I'll, I'll move us down here to, to running backs. Um, another one that was like a big debate going into the year. Cedric Baxter versus Jonathan Brooks um, versus, uh, you know, others. Brooks has become like one of the top fantasy guys in the in the country or at the position i mean um and omarion hampton matt's boy there too i see him struggling with internet and you've got blake watson coming off an injury where he was hurt he's questionable so you gotta watch that injury report but if he plays if he's healthy he is an elite start there uab's defense against the run has been terrible same with hampton against uva same with brooks against uh, houston on the road like those first four, Kyrie Robinson, too. Those first four are playing against terrible run defenses. And then you get Rasheen Ali. Here's the question to you guys. Who below him would you start above him? You're not allowed to say LaDamian Webb, Matt. I know you would start him. He's on your team. You uh, did start honestly, him. He got four touchdowns. But honestly, Ali, let me tell you. yeah, 27 and a half points a game uh, so far in fantasy. Always great. Uh, Marshall's only projected to score 24, but that hasn't stopped him from having three touchdowns and a great game before. But James Madison, the number one rush defense in the country. Who are you picking over, Ali? I tell you, I think the only guy that's on the list that I would consider starting above him, and honestly, I wouldn't start him above him because I feel like if he's in the top five, you got to go with him, is possibly Ollie Gordon at 23 just because he's having a really hot streak right now. That's probably the only guy I would consider. Otherwise, I would be rolling with, with the top five running back. Yeah, yeah. Um, tough one, tough one, looking at those and seeing how that can go. And I think it's similar, potentially analogous to how the game went for Austin Reed last night where the other team was able to hold on to the ball and, and milk the clock. And that really affected the number of possessions that Austin Reed got. And it affected the whole rhythm of the offense. But for a running back, I think it's fine. Even if he has less possessions, like uh, he is the featured player of the offense. So it's difficult to bench a guy like Ali, but also you get a little nervous seeing the number one rush defense in the country. Um, against uh against him um all right receivers um tez walker didn't take him long to get up to the top uh three touchdowns last week we said he was a waiver wire gem as soon as we uh as soon as he came out so 40.6 points last week he's averaging uh 23 24 fantasy points a game um but really last week was the first time he was fully uh, a full go and in the full game plan for the week because it was like a midweek thing the week before that. So um, had Colin Lacey play, he's featured player of the offense, had a ton of balls, ton of yards, no touchdowns, but still uh, about 15 fantasy points last night just on yards and catches alone. Um, would never sit, obviously, Franklin, Adunze, Neighbors, um, a lot of elite starts uh, for receivers. And then you get to Marvin Harrison. So here you go. You spent a first-round pick if you have Marvin Harrison. Who would you start above Marvin Harrison going against 
the like really the top defense in the country statistically because Penn State is number one against the past or pass sorry number three against the rush. It is a home game for Ohio State at the shoe. Who would you start that's below him? Like you got Brian Thomas right there, eleven against Army. Um, who would you start above Marvin Harrison Jr.? So Jalen Polk at fifteen. Yeah, yeah. Go with a Washington receiver that's not injured. Yeah, McMillan um, could play, but unlikely to play uh, based on Doug's report there. I've got two, um, and one that was a, a late pickup for me this year. I would definitely start uh, Leggett above him against Missouri this week. Um, yeah. And then I really like Jay Macklin at North Texas this week. For some reason, um, I don't know why, but they play Tulane. <laughs> I think they're going to have to try to throw it around um, to, you know, kind of keep the pace. But I just like Macklin a lot this week at North Texas. For There's just something about it that, in my gut, I feel like he's going to have a good week. But I would definitely start Leggett over um, Harrison this week. I mean, because you think Penn State is, what, one against the pass and three against the run? I mean, yeah. It's got it as a – We'll see what happens. 26-22 game, Ohio State favored by four at home, um, which is essentially a, a home field advantage, meaning it's like a even matchup if they were on a uh, neutral site, um, which neutral sites suck for college football. Yeah, and if they played in Penn State, it'd probably be the complete opposite. <laughs> right, right. So I'm interested to see what these two young quarterbacks do. Like, yeah. uh, I think it can be big for the rest of the season if uh, Drew Aller has a really good game or Kyle McCord. So um, that's going to be an interesting one. And then we have, real quick, before we move along, reseller Rick. Um, what's happening, guys? Good morning, Rick. Um, we appreciate it. Um, the comments and whatnot live on the show is always fun. We try and do it live more often obviously it's a terrible time for most people right in the middle of the work day unless you're just uh, in your own office and uh able to break away so be back i got a question for you so normally on the show we do not cover the tight end rankings but i want you to scroll down there just because of what we talked about earlier if you look at those tight end rankings it's a who's who of names we probably didn't talk about much at all before the season started is there anybody on this list that you honestly are like, I'm really excited about getting this guy in my lineup. <laughs> no. Anybody. Man. No. And let me refresh because Eric All was removed, uh, but I've had this tab open for a little while. So he was removed because of the injury, if you missed that in the beginning. But, um, I mean, Holker is the only one I'm, like, legit excited about. He's uh, averaging 18 a game. It was him and Bowers were, were the top two. And you've seen that in the past um, with um, it was like Bowers and whichever Utah guy was up there. Um, and now Yasmin is out for the year. And it's uh, it's a no for me other than Holker. Like he's the only yeah. one. And I'm playing outside of Holker. Outside of Holker, you don't have anybody that's averaging more than what? 11 points a game, which is yeah. brutal, brutal yeah. to be. Uh, staking your fantasy week's uh, claim on a tight end where that's your average. One to keep an eye on, though, I think is uh, Jolly. Yeah, I agree with that from UConn for sure. He's had some games where he's shown what he can do. Um, There's been other games where obviously UConn just hasn't been able to move the ball, but 
when they do move the ball, I feel like Jolly is kind of the focal point of that passing game. So Yeah, I think it's a lot of what you see like with Jaheim Bell, which is just mm-hmm. infuriating, where it's 0-0, 10.7. And yep. it's like uh, some games he gets 20, some games he's just not involved at all. And I think that's uh, pretty common with what you see around a, uh, the tight end position yeah, this year. across the board. You look at Trey Knox, for example, in South Carolina. Another mm-hmm. great, talented tight end who I think one week he'll go for like five, then he goes for zero, then he'll go for 12, then he'll go for two. And I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> Why is it so inconsistent? Yeah. I yeah, mean, one like, of the best yeah. starts, honestly, is going to be Arliss Boardingham. Like, uh, in terms of what tight end do you want to have for the rest of the year? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Boardingham, he's got a buy this week, so you won't find him here in the rankings, but um, he's going to be a top. 12 guy he could be even better than that depending on how he like he's he's a breakout player it's really hot he's a feature of the offense and uh, a total pass catching uh tight end for florida and that that passing game is is starting to go so uh some tough games of course the rest of the way for florida but um uh, you love the way he's featured the way he's used the way they split him out run uh slant routes and stuff and so Love, love, love that potential, but still, you know, other than Hulker, I'm not stoked about anyone here. All right, well, that's what we got for rankings for this week. Make sure you have liked and subscribed to CFBDynasty.com so that way you can get into your own research. Everything is sortable. Um, we only talk about a few guys when we are on this show. Um, you're probably want to do your own research to see who you can find, what gems you can uncover. Um, to uh, have your leg up on your opponents this week. That being said, we want to jump back to last week just for a second. Let's talk about the top standout performances of week seven in college fantasy football. What do you think, BMAC? Doug, you ready to go talk about that? Yeah, let's do it. So I'll start this. We got Alec Amanor from Stanford. 62 points was only six yards away from a 300 yard receiving day. And the thing that makes that the most impressive is that he was basically shut down in the first half of that game. Almost all those stats are second half and overtime versus Colorado. Um, Will you expect him to ever put another 62 point day up? I don't think you should ever expect anybody that's not a quarterback to have a 62 point day. Uh, That being said, I'm calling out everybody in the CFB dynasty open league because I put in a huge bid for him and I got him for $1, (laughs) not a single other person in an open league. 24 teams even put a bid in for him. I'm calling the other 23, you guys out B Mac and Doug included. Tell me why you didn't even put a bid in for him. Well, okay. B Mac, (laughs) B Mac's got $0. So that makes sense. Doug, what about you? I know you got more than $0. Why did you not even put a bid in for him? Because he plays for Stanford. I agree. He does. And Stanford is Stanford. But stats got to come from somewhere. And they don't play Colorado every week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I would uh, agree with that sentiment overall. Like, I want to see. And if if it's uh, a league like the Open, totally. He's absolutely worth a pickup. If it's a league like ours where – I know you picked him up there too. And I was like, Oh Matt making a risky move there because you only have seen one good game from him. Um, well, so my like other thought have... was, yeah, go for it. My, 
my other thought was their top receiver just got injured in that game. So their top receiver got injured. He stepped up. We have two weeks left or three weeks left in the regular season. Why not take a flyer on him? See if he's yeah. able to do something at the end of the season. That was the whole my whole thinking right there. If it was he was going into the rest of the season as the the assured number two receiver on a suspect offense, might have a different thought process, but he might get more looks now because their number one receiver is uh, dealing with some injuries. Right, and with the, the quarterback change, really, um, who's number two on our fantasy points list. So Ashton Daniels from Stanford had 53.2 points this past week. Um, again, it was against Colorado, but they made a quarterback change, and these two seem to have a connection, so you never know. It could be yeah. risky. It could be high, you know, high risk, high reward type of situation there. So You got to risk it for the brisket, as they say. Risk Matt. it for – man, I like that. Oh, yeah, baby. So a fun a fun one at number three is a defense. This is two weeks in a row we've we've had defenses, um, and we've got another one. But Penn State's defense, 53 fantasy points this past weekend. So uh, I don't remember who in our league has Penn State's defense, but, man, that's a, that's a probably about half the points that my team scored this week. So, yeah, I mean, that's crazy. Um, and then Garrett Green, quarterback from West Virginia, 52.25, which is which is crazy because the West Virginia quarterbacks haven't really been doing anything. Yeah. And all of a sudden, 52 points. So um, I'll let you guys take the rest of them. But yeah, let me, yeah, let me, let's, this is painful for me. Let me go ahead. Jason Bean, I had him as a streamer last week. I had him as a DFS sleeper and put him in zero of my lineups. And he went for 52.2. Um, how about that? <laughs> Shader Sanders, of course, a fifty burger. No, no uh, surprise there. Notre and, Dame. And the thing, and yeah, and the thing about Shador though, Shador had thirty-five points in the first twenty minutes of that game. I'm like, is Shador going to go for a hundred? I'm like, Shador <laughs> could go crazy, and then absolutely fell apart. His offensive line decided to stop playing and just let him get the crap beat out of him the rest of the game. It was so frustrating. Notre Dame with a 50-burger, too, uh, as a defense against USC. How about that? I wonder how many people had the guts or the brains to start uh, Notre Dame against USC. Kyrie Robinson, San Jose State running back, went for 48. Um, I did start him in the open league and in uh, another league. But uh, Donovan Smith, he's starting to catch on, man. At Houston, he's starting to pick it up a little bit, 47 points. However, this week, he's a full sit uh, against Texas. And then Josh Hoover, another player, a fantasy sleeper, or a DFS sleeper, and a, a streamer uh, that I had last week. And in zero of my lineups, 47 points for uh, for TCU, my lineup last week that I picked. And if you would have had was pitiful. Bean and Hoover in your lineups, probably both cheap. Yes. Uh, you would have crushed it. And yep. Just to set some records straight here, well, I'll get into this here in a little bit, so we'll we'll get into that in a minute when we talk about the <laughs> DFS battle. But yeah, um, <sighs> we can uh, we can mix it up here. I'm I'm unable, Matt, to fix that DraftKings dealio, so uh, we'll do a separate one. So it'll be me versus Doug, and then I'll do a separate oh, one with you included. Devil. But obviously, can't do yeah. it in the immediate. I 
I feel like I feel like that uh, you know so so what BMac is talking about is we went to go do our our DFS battle that uh that Doug you know we got to break up the Dougies man teach me how to Dougie over here Doug has won two weeks in a row that's now three Doug now leads in three the CFB dynasty four, Doug four. now yeah Doug leads with the most host wins in that battle i went to go set my lineup this week and it's only set for two people b mac but he must put have me in the punishment seat this week i can't even get in well, i can't you, even when, get in come on b mac yeah, when you when you don't score 90 points we have to put you in timeout speaking yeah, of that my, Matt, yeah, like there's brutal. there's uh the bill simmons home league that he talks about on his podcast um their their punishment for the loser or uh no for the the champion has to pick someone to kick out of the league every oh. year oh <laughs> <Oof. laughs> and it's funny there's it's really funny anyways let's uh let's go over some of the the waiver wire gems from uh this past weekend in case they're still out there in your league obviously we push this out on sundays unless i screw up and forget like i did this past week had a bunch of family over and it slipped my mind you guys can uh Stab me in the neck if you see me, but let's go ahead and get it. <laughs> Weaver Wire Gems. If you didn't see the hair from the Kansas State quarterback and notice a difference, you probably noticed him running by defenders in the game to the tune of like 50-ish fantasy points. Um Avery Johnson was our number one uh, waiver wire gem this past week. What a game the freshman had in his first start and uh, absolutely worth picking up. And uh, if you have him available in any of your leagues, he could be the starter. He's the co-starter this week. Um, So we'll see how that kind of shakes out. But this could be the, the passing of the torch. And if you're in Dynasty, like, He's a, he's a freshman breakout, and same also with our number two guy, Josh Hoover at TCU, um, taking over there for the injured Chandler Morris and did pretty darn good. You had other players benefit in the TCU offense like Savion Williams. Uh, getting that first game where he got enough looks, enough touches, and a touchdown to be fantasy relevant, one of those uh, sleepers we had going into the year, um, there's been hype around him for a while. Maybe just the, didn't have the connection with Chandler Moore that he'll have with Josh Hoover. And we'll see if that is consistent as those two teams match up this week. Um, did anyone else stand out to you guys? I've got a few others that we listed. Obviously, A.O. Manor, uh, Stanford on the list. Um, well, you got Fegan, obviously. Fegan, for sure. Yep running back at Illinois, taking over there, and he had a good game. Um, Quentin Cooley for Liberty, um, really on a hot streak, had another good game last night, um, only uh, rostered in 10% of fantasy leagues. Malik Sherrod, I don't really know what to make of the Fresno State um, running back scenario there, but he's starting to take off, um, averaging 15 a game, rostered in 22% of leagues. And then Kalen Black for James Madison, rostered in 12% of leagues, um, now up to 15 fantasy points per game. We had uh, Lydiatric Griffin from Mississippi State, um, 
I'll talk about uh, a little bit more about him in a little bit. And then Kyle Williams at Washington State, still only rostered in 27% of leagues. And with injuries there, um, he's been a feature of that Washington State offense. Although, if you can wait a week or want to wait a week, they play Oregon this week. So that's going to be a, a tough matchup for them. Um, and then that'll bring us into uh, some streamers, Doug. I know you got a couple for us. Got a couple. Let's go streaming. All right. So we've mentioned him a couple times now at this point. Um, and streaming <laughs> also that stream is going to lead to a lake, which is somebody you may want to keep on your team for a long time. Um, Avery Johnson, quarterback, Kansas State, being moved to a co-starter this week. Like I said at the beginning of the show, I think that pretty much means, hey, we're going to call you guys co-starters till the beginning of the game, and then Avery Johnson's pretty much going to play. Um, so a streamer, yes, but somebody, like I said, that, that stream could very well lead into a big old lake, and you want to keep him for a long time. And then you've got Muner McLean, tight end of Utah, Averaging 33 yards of reception when he does catch the ball. So, um, with the injuries that you know at the tight end position at Utah, um, I rolled with the one that's got the most playing time out of the rest, and it would be Mr. McLean at tight end for Utah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I got a couple. So the guy who's replacing um, both of those starting Iowa tight ends that are out for the rest of the year. Steven Stilianos. Um, absolutely don't look for him on 247 Sports or any of those recruited arrivals. <laughs> like, there's no recruiting rankings on him at all coming out of high school. So we'll see how he plays. He's a, a shot in the dark for a team that features tight ends. It's tight end um, you. Low confidence, but uh, whatever. And then we've got Jensen Jones um getting the starting spot at air force via injury so uh we'll see how he does this week but there's a a few streamers there you know there's plenty others you know if like a jalil farouk or whatever is available um in an offense that's gonna score a ton of yards or score a ton of points and put up a ton of yards like those lower rostered oklahoma receivers and and all that stuff that we go over in the saturday show um, as we're helping everyone set DFS lineups. So that's all for that, I think. Unless Matt so, disagrees. No, I, I think we're good. I think I think we need to go look at the brisket locks. Look at last week's brisket lock performance and then give our brisket locks for this week. What do you think, Doug? You're the two-time defending champ in the DFS host battle. You get to decide. Are we going to brisket lock right now or something else? Let's hit up brisket lock because... I've screwed the pooch the last two weeks, and I need to redeem myself with the DFS battle. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think that anybody did really good last week with the uh, brisket lock. I think last week was a down week for brisket hold locks. Hold on, hold on. Anyways, let's. It's time for the brisket lock. I, I would disagree. Like, uh, so Samson Evans. I literally said he's in potentially for his first two touchdown game of the year, and he got two touchdowns. 
I'm um, not, okay, I can, he hasn't I can see been that. great. Now he hasn't been great, and that's like going into the season, he was a top twenty-five-ish running back, and so he's disappointed everyone, like I suggested last week. But I thought this would be a bounce-back game for him. He did only get thirteen carries and forty-seven yards, but a couple touchdowns, um, and helped me get a win in the open league as I took my own advice there at least and picked him up, put him in the lineup in my flex and uh, was rewarded for it. I didn't think yours was bad either, Matt. Yeah, um, yeah, the only thing that confused yeah. me is like Doug had the notes prepared here in our, in our uh, prep. And then you went ahead and put in the exact same thing in the parentheses <laughs> right after his parentheses. What did, but anyway, what did I put in there? <laughs> the stats for, uh, Oh dang. You know what, <laughs> man, you know what? Maybe I did. Maybe I just wanted to make sure the Doug wasn't messing with me. You're right. So <laughs> last week's last week, the NC state offense was absolutely pathetic. They put up three, three points. Um, they couldn't get out of their own way. They had four procedure penalties in the first quarter on the offensive line. And it just kept on going as this, as the game went on. Um, the only bright spot on the offense that only dropped in three points was, um, Concepcion still had 10 targets, six receptions, and he had four carries, almost got to the 100-yard mark. Uh, definitely not what you want to see out of your number one receiver. Um, you want him to get more than that, but when your offense only scores three points, there's only so much your guy can do. Yeah, and a freshman with 10 targets and 96 total yards, and, you know, one touchdown would have totally changed it. And if you guys are sick of stats, uh, we're, we're coming to a good point in the show because Doug's brisket lock didn't get any. Yeah, it, it was, you know, I knew we were playing golf this weekend, B, so I kind of wanted to stay on that closest to zero number usually wins, um, <laughs> which I didn't win in golf either. But um, EJ Warner, I had him as my brisket lock, ended up getting a concussion late in the week and didn't even play. So, yeah. um, and then the week before that, of course, we know I had Logan Smothers who got smothered, um, which, you know, hey, whatever. Um, we're about to talk about something that I'm proving to be better than you guys at the last two weeks. So it's fine. Well, let's, let's first, let's, yeah, let's go. Let's go to this week's brisket lock. So, uh, so Doug, who do you have smarty pants as your uh, brisket lock for this week? So I've got, excuse me. I've got Jalil Farouk wide receiver, Oklahoma against UCF. Um, hopefully they, (laughs) They can. I'm just watching some notes getting typed in here. On this um, it appears that Brian is uh, writing the same notes for EJ Warner that I wrote. <laughs> just, just kind of on that little, so it's kind of funny. But um, I'm going to blame it on BMAC. Blame it on him. <laughs> Excuse me again. <clears throat> Goodness, I've got Jalil Farouk again, wide receiver of Oklahoma against UCF. Like Brian mentioned, kind of a face your old family kind of game for the quarterback at Oklahoma. And I expect him to try to, to make a point and throw it around. So I've got Farouk as my lock this week. All right. So somebody I mentioned earlier that I'm going to bring back now is Ollie Gordon from Oklahoma state. Um, he's at 23 in the rankings. Listen to what this guy's done in the last three weeks. His touches on the ball have increased for three weeks in a row. He's got 425 yards rushing across those three weeks. But last week, he was either handed the ball or targeted on passes 37 times in a single game, 29 attempts rushing, 168 yards and a touchdown. 
on a rece- on receiving line, he had eight targets, six receptions, 116 yards, and a touchdown. Yes, he's playing against a d- more difficult defense this week, but that's a ton of stats. 45.9 points that came out of him last week. Even if he drops down a little bit, he's still going to get you a bunch of points this week in your starting lineup. So, real quick, Brian, you must be really excited about your brisket lock because, again, he's in here twice. Um, because you're just going. I don't know how that happened. Of, of I'm not sure how that happened. So that's uh, that's Matt. That's Matt. They're going wild. I have um, I will neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I'll run with Andrew Armstrong, uh, Arkansas wide receiver. You know he gets some good deep shots. He's a big target, um, fast, strong. Like I think. Uh, He'll get some. He'll have some more room. Obviously, not playing against Alabama this week, and uh, like Andrew Armstrong to have a potential breakout this week. Um, but yeah, that's it. I'm excited for the brisk block, and we'll see how they go and report back next week. Awesome. All right. So last, last but not least, we talked about it earlier. Doug, we need to break up the Duggies. Doug, show us how to Dougie. Tell them out there who everybody who's watching. How is it that you've been so unbelievably successful two weeks in a row? So getting the W. Well, you know, the first week I had to put up some points last week, and then this week I just had a feeling that as long as I got as close to a hundred as possible, I was going to win. And you know, I scored ninety-seven points. Brian scored ninety-five. Yeah, and injured injured players that I couldn't good old, change. Good old Matt. Had seventy eight. Yeah, my team was terrible. It's the worst. worst. At this point, I was like, "Why don't we just give each other our five dollars back and call it a day?" But hey, whatever. Well, Um, this this is also a real tough point in the season because the it feels like everybody in college football decided to have a buy in week six, seven, or eight. And so the number of teams on a buy last week, the number of teams on a buy this week are absolutely ridiculous. Um, so because I can't get into the DFS battle right now because BMAC decided to cut me out for temporarily, I'm interested to see who you guys even found to put in your starting lineups this week. Because when we do the DFS battle, it's only for the afternoon games on Saturday. So if they're not starting between noon and 4 p.m. Eastern, they're not going to be somebody that's eligible. So BMAC, Doug, who is even out there to start in the DFS battle for you guys? Well, I'll tell you, and we're just handicapping this for you because we felt bad for you. So we're going to tell you who we've got first, and then we'll open you up. And then you can go in with all that full knowledge, pick your own lineup to give you a good advantage this week. Uh, here we go. DFS host battle. All right, Doug, who you got? All right, so at quarterback, rolling with the hot hand here, I've got Green from West Virginia against OK State because they're just OK on defense, and um, he's 7,800. Then I went with with the news for you know UAB's other running back being out. I went with Jermaine Brown. Um, saw a lot of him last year because I had McBride. I think he's a great running back. He's 6,200 against Memphis. Then I'm rolling with <clears throat> Arkansas running back, A.J. Green, who out-carried, or out-yard, I guess. Not carried, but out-yarded it, whatever that word would be. Um, DeBunyan, the the foot deal guy. Um, 
I'm going with AJ <laughs> Green. He just looks more explosive to me when he does touch the ball than DeBunyan does. And then with Oregon, I'm going with Tez Johnson, who got seven receptions last week against Washington. Seemed to be um, Bo Nix number two there. So he's kind of come along as of late. And then receiver, I've got Isaiah Williams for Illinois against Wisconsin at 5,800. My other receiver spot, Xavier Worthy, 6,500 against Houston, because I think that's going to be a butt kicking. And then running back. I went with a backup running back here, but seems to be getting as many touches as a lot of, you know, main running backs lately. Uh, I went with Jordan James for Oregon. Um, yes. Yeah, he's been great. At 5,400. And then I like that. my super flex is going to be Seth Hennigan from Memphis against UAB. I like that a lot. So <clears throat> here's what I've got. I've got Bo Nix at uh, home, 9,800. The most expensive player out there. And love him coming home <clears throat> and uh, looking to probably crush Washington State. And we'll see how that game goes. Um, I have the other running back for Arkansas, DeBunyan, at 4,500. And uh, side bet, uh, side which bet. Arkansas – player plays better um choose me in my running loser, back, I live loser, in a bounds or, loser buys a round of golf oh, for that God. one and then i've also got james at 5400 uh at running back quit it that's Freak. such a such a such a value for him too my goodness um leadrick griffin um got him um i've got uh, amari nyblack for alabama and i'm really Hoping for a it. touchdown. He's 3,500. I had to save money. He's because, a deep threat guy. Because of going uh, with Bo Nix. I think Alabama's not going to be able to run the ball uh, against Tennessee, who's solid against the run. And uh, I like Nye Black on some, uh, you know, little drag routes and seam routes and whatnot against Tennessee because they're a, they're a shot offense. Like, they're just going to take shots. You hope you pick the one that gets open for a 75-yarder. And then I've got a guy who's going to go for 65 points at receiver, Ooh. Xavier Worthy at Houston, uh, $6,500. What's that? We both got him then. And then Jermaine Brown in my flex, and then Jalen oh, Milrow oh. in super flex. We have some, wow, we have some, you're able to get Knicks and Milrow in there, huh? Yeah. What was uh, what was Milrose what was Milrose cost this week? Eighty four hundred. I'm glad you're taking notes here. It's a good. Time. Well, I'm just saying, having Nixon and Milrose both in there, that's that's uh almost eighteen thousand dollars or over eighteen thousand dollars for you. I had Milrose in my yeah. lineup last week. I mean, Milrose Milrose was going to be a good fantasy uh, or good DFS uh, start. So, if only they interesting. played two halves instead of one, you'd have been great. Um, yeah. But anyways, I think I think that wraps so, it up. Real quick, guys, um, you guys have posted some questions on Discord. I'll answer them on Discord because we're over an hour. So I'll go ahead and answer some of your start sit questions um, on Discord after the show. So keep an eye out for those. Uh, just wanted to give you a heads up that I'll go ahead and answer as many as I can. Thanks, Doug. Now, question about the DFS battle here. B Mac and Matt. 
since we're making another one, should we stick with the lineups we have in the one that Matten's involved in? Yeah. So I could potentially win twice? Yeah. Well, yeah. Twice. I'm but- not I would, yeah, I would say if you're going to switch any, I would switch this one. I would leave the ones that you just put on the on the podcast, making sure those lineups are in the I, I'm, the I'm three host lineups. In mind, so I'm just right. going to roll with it. Yep, yep. Sounds good. Well, um, you know what though? Hey, real quick, I just realized there's something we haven't done in this show. Real quick, we got to make sure we do that. We haven't talked about the open league. We haven't talked about our home league. We could do it real quick just to make sure we get in because I know we're over an hour. So uh, in the in the home league. Excuse me. In the open league, um, our boy Oaktown is still just going crazy. He is at thirteen and one. We play double headers, double headers every week. So because with twenty four teams, that's the only way you have a chance to play the majority of the teams. Um, nobody's clinched a playoff spot yet with three weeks left, but Oaktown is the closest to that. Um, I don't so. even think that he's going to, even if he won them both, I don't think he'd be able to clinch a playoff spot this week if he won both. But uh, it's it's rounded out. He's in the best position anybody out there in the league. Far and away the top scoring team. Uh, can anybody stop him from getting a top two seed and a bye in the first round of the playoffs? Doug, I hope you do. I, I see you pointing at yourself. I hope that you do. I hope you take him down. I mean, I will say that I'd go 2-0 and this weekend in the Open League, and I was the third highest scorer this weekend so um and uh do it bmac is uh bmac is making a charge he was uh down there battling with carissa for the bottom spot for a little bit and uh now he's won three of his last four games and for the first week in a month um Fantrax has not switched the result in our game that he and I had three weeks ago. So BMAC has won that game now two consecutive weeks in a row. He's won the game from four weeks ago. Um, Solid. I mean, so be, so yeah. you do have Matt, you know, looking at these, uh, these standings real quick that I want to point out. So we have one, two, three, four, five teams over 2000 points. The rest of us have not eclipsed that mark yet. So we got to step it up y'all. There is one team that has 2,000 points against. That's me. That is true. So whenever people play, you know, the owner here of CFB, they just want to put their best foot forward. So <laughs> they do. Guys, they do. You know what you're doing against BMAC because his name, Move Back You Suck, just makes you want to beat him even more. You so. know what? Speaking of that, the Gator Band broke that song out for the first time in years this past week. And it resulted in a win. It resulted in two wins for me, and the name is alive and well for uh, for us. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I just did tell you to move back. You suck in the standings, Doug. And, and currently, for the uh, oh. out of the hosts, I'm currently tied for fifth. But right now, with tiebreakers, I'm in seventh because the first tiebreaker is overall points. But I was able to get two wins last week, shockingly, and do that without my uh, full lineup in the in the full lineup starting so can one of the three of us actually make the first year playoffs i am the only hope right now for the hosts to make the first year of the playoffs so doug bmac are you rooting for me to be able to make the playoffs are you like man of one of- <laughs> yeah, we have to save face here we gotta save face somebody has to we got you know? uncle joe ahead of us sitting up there at number four um that's a shot to the face right there <laughs> But Uncle Joe does not have as many points as I do. Uncle Joe's gotten lucky. He's gotten lucky a couple times. No, but for real. uh, Best possible records, 11 and 9. Yeah, I mean, so I would be 10 and 10. I don't know if I'm making the playoffs at 10 and 10. But 
at the end of the day, um, man, Oaktown, you are you're killing it. Um, I am just really, really glad after looking at your team yesterday. You have so many buys this week, so thank you um, for giving me a chance, a slim chance. But thank you for giving me a chance this week. I'm already down sixty-one to nothing because I'm going against Salter and Cooley in uh, in one of my matches. So that's fun. Yep, and and in thirty seconds or less, in our home league where it all started right now, all three of us would be in the playoffs. All three of us would be the four, five, and six seeds. Or actually, Doug would probably be higher than that because he's a division. Oh no, we all would be. We'd all be wild cards. All three of us would be wild cards going in. None of us are uh, in that that top spot for the division. But every one of us has a chance to be in that dance in the home league with only three weeks, four weeks remaining. Three weeks remaining. What do we have? Four weeks? I think after this week, there's two games of the regular season left for us. Yep, you're there right, you're right, you're three, right. Yeah, including this week, there's three weeks, and I'm playing against Josh Reed, wishing him nothing but the worst of luck. And I have Please? a doubleheader this week against Davis and Gordy. So I have a <laughs> tough, tough go, one. a tough go. But, hey, guys, you know me. I'm, I come on strong in the playoffs. We'll see what happens. And for those of you that aren't looking at the standings, Davis and Gordy are both uh, division leaders right now. So, uh Hopefully you can take him down, Doug. Davis It'd be nice. Tied for the division lead. He's just beating me in points. So, all right. So unless you guys have anything else you want to share, hopefully you, uh, everybody out there, if this is the end of your uh, your trade season, hopefully that you guys pull off some cool trades before the end of the week. I know that BMAC has been active and uh, trying to pull off nonsensical trades. Um, I know that there's a lot of other trades sitting out there. Let's see what you can do to try and uh, improve your team, whether you're using the CFBDynasty.com uh, analytics or you're making some trades. We hope you guys have a great uh, great week, and I guess we'll see you guys back on Saturday morning, or Doug and Brian will on Saturday yep. morning. What do you what do you guys want got to end with, Doug and well, BMAC? I, just, I had to give up two young 24-year-old pieces on my pro squad. And uh, just because running back's been such a struggle for me, and I don't like what's out there on the waiver wire, or I'll say I don't love what's out there on the waiver. I got one pickup left, and I really would like it to be, you know, a potential future pro player or someone that's breaking out like an Avery Johnson. Um, so I'm going to hold on to that pickup, I think. But I might make it this week as a big game against Josh Reed. Uh, this After week, all this talk about Avery Johnson, you want him, you probably have to go get him this week. <laughs> That's right. Because there will be somebody in our league that probably <laughs> swoops him up at this point. <laughs> well, there's only three teams left with pickups, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I think it's a fitting for Gordy, though, to snag him. So uh, I'll just wrap it up with, guys. Have a great Wednesday. There is football on again tonight, every night this week. Super oh. exciting. Um, enjoy watching some football, man. Eating some finger foods, chilling at the house with the fam or wherever you go to, to watch some games. Just enjoy it. And, hey, man, let's enjoy Let's have fun toward the end of this season and see what, see what happens in fantasy. Yep, yep. All right, everybody. Have a good week, and we'll uh, be Mac and Doug. See you on Saturday morning. See you. Thank you for listening to the CFB Dynasty Podcast. Help us out by subscribing on YouTube and reviewing us on your podcast network.